Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you very much, everyone, for that uh, wave of applause. Which <laughs> is uh, very enjoyable indeed. Thank you. Uh, my name is Ola Olana Mashran, and um, I'm one of the dramaturgs here at the National Theatre. And I've got the fantastic honour and pleasure of interviewing Natasha Gordon, the writer of Nine Nights, and Roy Alexander Weiss, uh, the director of Nine Nights. So, uh, welcome them to the stage, everyone. Okay. 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 And um, um, as I say, it, I build it as an interview. It will invariably just become an informal discussion, which you will be eavesdropping in on. Um, can I just do a quick show of hands, a quick poll? as to who um, has seen Nine Night already. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, comments welcome, like that. Um, so that looked to me like most of you, two thirds of you, we will um, try and avoid any spoiler alerts for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, and when it comes to your questions as well, um, those of you who have, you know, if you, if you haven't seen it, you suddenly think, oh no, you're too much, it's oversharing. I welcome shouts of that ilk, just so, <laughs> so that we can just make sure that that doesn't happen. Because it is, as someone said, it is brilliant. So we really don't want to spoil it for you. That would be fantastic. Um, the whole talk is billed as the creation of Nine Night, um, which leads me to the first question, which is, it has to go to the creator, uh, the, or at least the person, yeah, the genesis of it, Natasha. Yes. Um, you know, so how did it start? What brought what brought all this on? <sighs> So it was kind of <clears throat> a combination of two or several things coming together at once. The first was an actress friend of mine, Sharon Duncan Brewster, who brought together other actress friends and ex-actresses that had all been in the business for 20 odd years and feeling frustrated with the lack of parts, uh, more opportunities to play nurses and social workers, no disrespect to nurses and yeah. social workers, but never yes. Lady M or you know anything like that. Yeah. Um, so we sort of came together to try to support each other, to talk about the, the challenges in the business, but also to open it up and have a discussion about other things we might be interested in, how else could we explore our creativity when we weren't working as actors. So through these discussions, I discovered that I would quite like to try writing. Um, and I had this idea about uh, a play based on a Jamaican family preparing for a funeral. Uh, and then, you know, wrote a few scenes, took it back to the group uh, who gave me some notes. And then I sort of went away and I was feeling like, I've never really prepared a funeral, so I, I, I felt like I didn't have enough to, to go on, enough experience to go on, and I felt really uncomfortable about asking people about funerals that they've planned. Yeah. And then my grandma passed away uh, four years ago, um, and I found myself not only in the middle of preparing, helping to organise a funeral, but discovering for the first time the nine night tradition, right. which I knew pretty much nothing about. Um, and it was just that the experience was so overwhelming, overwhelming from the sense of, you know, people that have seen the play, 
uh, the, the visitors, the nine consecutive nights, because my family, when they decide to do things, we, you know, we don't do anything by <laughs> hearts. We weren't just going to do the one night of some people just celebrate, you know, one ninth night. Yeah. We did the, the whole shebang. The whole. And people kept coming and they kept coming and they kept coming. And I found myself in the middle of this experience trying to work out what this tradition was, why we were doing it, yeah. who was it for. And that's well, where the play came from, really. I sort of, you know, yeah. went back to the drawing board and, and started again. So you did, it did take you right back to the beginning almost. Absolutely. So you, yeah, you merely had the idea you wanted to do it, but you discovered you didn't really know anything about it. But you do now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which, can I bring you in at this point, Roy? Just um, <coughs> so probably as we go along, we'll come back to your process. But I just want to have you have. Do you have experience of Nine Night, or you know, once you read the play, did it ring bells for you, or was it? A yeah. Um, I found when I read the play, I was, I was, I mean. Much like most of our audiences, I was just shocked at like the world that was presented and how accurately it was presented at the family members and and uh, yeah, just how much the the experience kind of resonated, how universal it was, um, uh, and and had my own personal experiences of grief as well, um, and yeah, I think. Um, when I read it, I yeah, I just I just really wanted to. I've lost my your your thread. Just yeah. <laughs> your experience yeah. of nine night. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, I guess within um, my family and friends and community etc., I had kind of like been to nine nights before in the past, but never I guess in the way. Um, that is presented in the play um, and, and found actually that there were layers of the ritual that I had never understood before. But my family are Ghanaian and Jamaican and I kind of have grown up more closely to my Ghanaian side of the family. And there were lots of rituals that, that kind of were quite similar, I guess, between the Jamaican nine night ritual and Ghanaian wakes and f final funeral rites. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and I found there was something like deeply spiritual kind of embedded in the story as well. Mm. And that's something that really fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, I'm picking up on that point, because it is, it's deep, this play. Mm. That's not a spoiler, but it is deep. <laughs> um, and it's from the word go as well, it feels yeah, I like. Yeah, guess so. And is, do you think that is born out of your own experience from your grandmother's passing and what you then learnt in the process of that? Well, I, I suppose as I set off writing about a funeral, it was always ever going to be deep. Um, <laughs> but, well, but, I've been to a few too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there are funerals and there are funerals. Exactly. So the... Uh, primarily the British funerals that I've been to that have mostly been cremations the service I found is always over within about half an hour uh, whereas uh, Jamaican and Caribbean funerals that I've experienced they are you know you're you're there for the for the innings mm. <laughs> uh, so 
I guess there's so much in itself that's going on around the the planning of that, the the the, the relationships, the people that are coming together to organise this one full day, like a like a wedding. So the relationships that you know going to be wrestling with, you know, who's making decisions about what, who's cooking what, who's organising how uh, the body is going to be dressed. Mm. Um, those were conversations that were happening in my family at the, at the time. So I, I drew on, I drew on, you know, actual things that had happened during my experience of nine nights and then borrowed other experiences from other people mm. uh, who had a, a similar relationship to nine night that, that I did. And then there are other elements that are obviously, you know, from the imagination. Right. Um, but it was the, I guess it was exploring what the nine night tradition was, where it comes from, that took it to a deeper, yeah. a deeper place. Yeah, so how long did it take you to write, write the play? On and off, four years. Right. Okay. I need to get quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you're aiming to make a living out of this, that's that. And it's your, uh, partly that's because it's your first play, yeah. isn't it? And I work a lot with first-time playwrights mm. or people who are, you know, not quite playwrights yet, but mm. wanting to be. Um, and structure always comes up. Mm. Now, the interesting thing with Nine Night there is a structure implicit in the title. But I just yeah. wonder, but it's, there is a structure, but equally my experts would tell me that can be a blessing and also a curse. Cause it's, cause if you go for nine nights, yeah. that's a lot of action to sustain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so but how did you manage, how did you go on with that? Well, that's interesting, Ollie, because it wasn't always ca called nine night. Sometimes it was called a passing right. because I felt the responsibility of telling historically what nine night means and mm. what the rituals are and that was sort of pulling me in an unhelpful uh take me on an unhelpful path because yeah. anybody that wants to discover it well there's loads of information on yeah. you know Internet. google you, do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and it wasn't for me that wasn't what the play was about but was the umbrella under which the action takes place. Mm. Essentially, it's about family that's mourning, that's coming to terms with losing the matriarch, mm. and they happen to be black. That was a story for me. Um, so I, the the nine nights was a was a challenge because you know we spoke about whether it should be nine consecutive mm. nights. At what point do you come into the play? Do you start from the first one, or do you, you know you come in from the third, fourth, what? Mm. So I guess it was, you know, eight drafts in that... That you could land yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you pointed to Roy just then, as like when you spoke. So mm. did you connect with Roy before the play was finished, in a way? Or so, do you know what I mean? When, when did you... A better question. <laughs> when did you two get together creatively? Last summer. Yeah, last, yeah. last yeah. summer. Um, uh, Draft I'm, seven, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And and I'd read the play and we met and we talked about it. And it was really interesting because I guess my, the, yeah, I, I was really kind of connected to 
the Nine Night tradition and, and was really fascinated by that. And we had really interesting conversations actually about, about how much we had to represent the tradition because it's, I think there's, there's like, um, we kind of are always asking questions about like representation. Um, and it felt in a way, and, and you pointed out really brilliantly that it, like you said, it's a play about a family experiencing a death. Um, and so, yeah, we, we kind of had lots of really interesting conversations about that. Um, we, it felt like it was quite, the structure was kind of there and by then there was no, it didn't feel like you were wedded to the idea of like nine nights but definitely the arc of ending on the ninth night. Mm. Right. And um, what excited you most about it, Roy? I'm, I'm going back into the creation as a creator or a creative now, when you first read that seventh draft or when you got to that. But what, did, what draft was it on when you finished? Eight. Eight. Oh, okay, one more draft. That's right. yeah, yeah, not bad. Not nine. <laughs> not nine, no. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the complexity of family, yeah. that like that, yeah, I, I just never, I, I can't remember reading a play where I felt like um, I could see different people in my own family, mm -hmm. the, the kind of like different generations. Uh, the conflict between the different generations, um, the way in which I guess the existence of like immigrant families in um, Britain has kind of like shaped the relationships um, that, I'm trying really hard not to say too much. All right. But like, yeah, that, that I think was the thing that, that really excited me. And yeah. like the punch at the end really yeah. really really affected me that's a spoiler that isn't it there's is a it? punch at the end you're giving it away there's a punch that's at the end yeah. is it a rum punch perhaps wow. <laughs> <laughs> never know um good and again on the creative process did you, oh. <laughs> did you um always this is a bit of a spoiler but did you know did you write, did you set out to write a comedy? Did you want it to be? No. Oh, um, I think that's, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really think about it, Ola. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I knew that, that it had to be funny at, at some points. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I suppose when you're dealing with something like death then there's yeah. it's that thing isn't it that when you're in the thick of it that the most bizarre things are happening that shouldn't be happening that it ends up being funny and yeah. you end up laughing at the most inappropriate things yeah and i've got that kind of you know sense of humor so uh i once and it's not a spoiler but once i decided there was going to be an Auntie Maggie, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> the, the challenge became once there was an Auntie Maggie, okay, how, how does it not become, how does it not just sort of fly off the page too easily, actually? Yeah. 
because she can take us down uh, she can take us down a, a route where we are feeling uh, comfortable and yeah. and happy and sort of uh, being prepared to be entertained so the the challenge with once I yeah. honed in on Maggie was to sort of you know steer it to the the, the the depth and root it back in the tradition you know it's the it is for Maggie that the tradition is the most important yeah so having her as a yeah. device I was able to flip between sure something serious something funny yeah and and, and was she a relatively late arrival to no. the play. No, she was always. She was always waiting for the play to be written, getting <laughs> to come out. Was she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but not was she the first then, or, or no, not really. Uh, no, she wasn't the first. But she, I mean, she was always sort of there in the back of my head because those yeah. characters always are in those situations. You know, yeah. even if they're not in your family, you know them from a friend's family. Their their voice is always there yeah, so yeah. she was always she was always around but she wasn't the first right who was the first Lorraine yeah. was the first right because Lorraine is very much you know that was Lorraine has become developed through my questioning so she's probably the closest to me yeah I think there is a bit of all of them in me yeah um but Lorraine is is probably the closest. And is she connected to the whole how Sharon got you all together anyway and saying what do we want to see on stage as well or what kind of roles and parts? Yeah it was I, I suppose so it was really interesting though because I remember when we first read the play the most notes I had was on Lorraine right. because she was the silent bearer and yeah. holding so much, which is something that when you see it visually, it's really strong, but on paper yeah. can look really sparse, you know what I mean? Yeah. So she was, she was actually the one I found most, uh, most challenging. Right. Yes, to fill in on to, the page. To fill in on the page. Because it was in your head. Exactly, yeah. and I could yeah. see very clearly what her function was, yeah. but making that work on paper was yeah. uh, a bit more challenging. Great, good. And back to... Roy, as a director, <laughs> what is your process? Do you have a process per se? Um, and did it differ at all in terms when he came to directing this play? Or? Um, I, I don't necessarily have like a fixed process. I think I, I try to read a play, try to understand what the world is, what, what kind of like performances um, I think the play might need and try to kind of like form a process from that. Um, and for this play, I think kind of in relation to what Tash was saying about uh, Auntie Maggie and the comedy, um, because the world felt so rich and all of their lives and everything that they wanted felt so intertwined, it felt really important to create um, an environment where the actors would really delve into that reality because it, it, it is very easy in a way. And I felt actually like that I took that first approach of, of kind of like lifting it a bit and it feeling a bit heightened when we first started to work on it. Um, and actually in creating that um, space where the actors would kind of like delve into timelines, family trees, asking all the 
questions, um, discovering all the facts so that the actors could really invest in real people and not kind of like archetypes or caricatures of a West Indian family. Um, and, and also there was something that Tash had said in early in rehearsals about um, how rare it is sometimes that we get to put, you know, like black cultures on stage without them feeling um, a bit over the top and a bit um, melodramatic. And so it felt really important to kind of like invest in the subtlety of that um, and then start to investigate like actions. It felt like really clear as well that like no line in the play kind of went for nothing. Every, everything was really loaded. And because it's so economically written as well, it felt really important to kind of discover what all of the actions were behind all of the text. Yeah. And, and how long did you have to rehearse it? Five and a half weeks. Five and a half. Was yeah. that long enough? <laughs> yeah. It's all right, it's okay, no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had four days of Easter in between, which was yeah. nice to have the break, but actually, I think by the end we were finding... Yeah, we were we like, oh my God. Yeah, we could have used more time. Right <laughs> yeah. like now, don't worry. Those of you yeah. haven't seen it, it is ready. Yeah. It's ready. We got that. Yeah, we did. We did. And yeah, and actually, yeah. it was really, really helpful to have a week of previews because actually, it 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 was it was. Um, I felt like the first preview was like, oh wow, okay, this is what it is. I think that's always the case with a new play, that you put it in front of an audience and and you discover things about it each night in previews yeah. that, that you didn't know before. Yeah. Um, so, so having that length of time was really great in terms of like, like really crafting it from like what we'd made in rehearsals into yeah. what the show is now. Did it change very much or, or not, you know, or what, in what sort of areas, if you can say, you know, without giving anything away? Some blocking changed yeah. quite, considerably quite considerably towards the end. Definitely, right. yeah. Yeah, quite some right. significant blocking, actually. Yeah. Yeah, in terms uh, of how to deliver that a particular scene. In or terms of, yeah, a moment that happens, yeah. happens in a different place and it happens right. in a much better place now yeah. than it did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But also considering this space as well, you know, like everyone's like, oh, I love the Dorfman, I love the Dorfman. But like actually working in this space is, it, it is quite challenging as well in terms of like the sight lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had to, and, and because of our design as well, which I absolutely love, but like, yeah, it was, it was interesting kind of like once we got in here, working out like, okay, so Lorraine is always cooking or she's by the sink. <laughs> so that means that she's kind of out that way. So kind of like reconfigurating some of that stuff, right. um, which I think happens all the time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how much input did you have um, on the design, as you mentioned it? Because it's so, I mean, you, it's amazing. I, I mean, think. for it, yeah. it, it is amazing. Raj has done a fantastic job. And from her point of view, I was probably irritatingly specific. <laughs> yeah. So you have a little bit of input. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Say more, Natasha. Well, I. Um, but this is your bedroom, or the old, you know, <laughs> your kitchen. I, uh, 
I mean, those of you know those of us in the audience that are uh, Caribbean, African, we recognise this set. I think, um, <laughs> and even if you're not, you've probably visited. You maybe visited our house, and you and you recognise it. And I sent. Roy has asked me to send photos of my grandparents' front room. Right. Uh, and, you know, Raja took that away with, you know, the stuff that I had written about the 70s wallpaper and the placemats and the fish yeah. um, the and the drinks cabinet. <laughs> yeah. And the sofa. Yeah, yeah, and the sofa. Lots of people were like, why is there a sofa in the kitchen? I was like, I had a sofa in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why <laughs> is it there a sofa? Why is there a sofa? Have yeah, yeah. you not got one in yours? <laughs> you need to get one. I we weren't even allowed in the living room. Yeah. yeah. As kids. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It was only when guests came. There was a lock. <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Because we draw on the walls and stuff yeah. like that. So. Yeah, it was a museum. It was there yeah. for <laughs> other people to, you know, come yeah, in yeah. and have a look to show that you have done well, but you didn't... You can't touch you that. You don't touch no. that unless you want to die. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and everything that doesn't, like, you know, live to the standard of the museum in there kind of moves into here. Mm. That's yeah. why you have a drinks cabinet and a sofa and... Yeah photos and you recreate the living room in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Mm. And of course, it's the heartbeat of the house is the kitchen yeah. as well, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. The cooking, yeah. the conversations. Yeah. 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 The real business is done and mm. the interaction and yeah, the the day can begin healthily if you know that rhythm is, is up and running. Mm, mm, mm. Great. Um, it's been really brilliant listening to you and Roy talk about the creation of this amazing play. Um, those of you who haven't seen it yet, you are definitely in for a treat. Thank you very much for all of your questions. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.